0: Sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedis and Jedi. A project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of J. Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Tales of the Jedi. In this episode, we conclude our dive into the lives of two very different Jedi as they rise and fall. There will be... Palpatine is having the best time y'all it is time for Yaddle versus Dooku and we need to talk about Dave Filoni a little bit and his sort of uh his kind of love about changing canon stuff because, oh
2: Dave I hope he's got a bone to pick with you
1: yeah because after you know this has happened in so many of his shows I I just I just and this is the most egregious one we, we gotta talk about this so we are talking about *Tales of the Jedi* episodes four through six: *The Sith Lord*, *Practice Makes Perfect*, and *Resolve*. This week, I am Hope. This is Chris. How you doing, Chris? Good. Hey. Good. Before we get into this, what do you think of that bad batch premiere? It
2: was. It was good. It was not great. It was. It was. It was like I, I. I very much, pretty much have. I think like almost the same opinion on it that you do i i think that it was i think i'm i'm hoping that it's you know sort of building ground for other stuff but it was just generally it was it was pretty to look at it 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 had uh uh good character interactions and like you said it had like a little different uh um configuration of the characters spending time together which seemed to be like just like made to order for you so, it was. so it, it, it was it was good. It was solid, you know, but it, it wasn't it wasn't uh you know like this this in insanely you know something unexpected or leading in you know lead you know setting up something crazy. We don't we can't stuff's getting you, set up, but it's not like you don't a barnstormer, they, you know.
1: Oh, interesting! Because I I thought they did set up one potentially very juicy thing right there at the end.
2: Oh yeah, which, yeah, no. Which the, is that's...
1: the person who's not even into the episode being Crosshair? How much has he lied to the Empire? How much does Rampart know? How much is Rampart playing Crosshair, and how much is Crosshair playing Rampart? Yeah, <laughs> like, that was
2: the that was the indoor part of the show.
1: <laughs> like that was the juiciest part of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, but, that was,
2: that was, but, but like, as you know, but as it, it didn't, it did, you know, as far as, yeah, it's, it was, it was, it was good. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Um,
1: I got two things I desperately wanted was Echo doing stuff and fucking tech development. Tech is my boy. Tech development. He- he he went out there and he fought on a goddamn broken leg to save his family. And We'd, my boy, my sexy ass nerdy boy, got out there and grappled and fought and crawled and like punched people in the face to save his fucking family. And it's all I ever wanted. And we, I was ravenous for that tech content. Thank we you. Need very a, we need we
2: uh, tech content. We need mm-hmm. we need a we need a section of the show called tech development that starts out with a robot voice just going tech development, tech development with. Dee, 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 dee. Tech development, tech development.
1: Tech <laughs> is my favorite character, and he's super sexy. So it would be like a porno sound of just like, tech development. Tech development. Ah. There's,
2: been <laughs> devel- there's been a development with tech. Hope, I think you need to check it out. Yes, please. <laughs> like, sac- like sleazy saxophone just starts going.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I liked it. To- tune up, Hope. I, I definitely liked it a lot. Um, I agree it wasn't the barnstormer, but everything I wanted was there. Like, I wanted more character work. I wanted the characters in different like, paired off differently. I actually really loved seeing, like, Hunter and Record together, because, like, that pairing makes them more well-rounded because Hunter's having to do Tech's job. And he's just like, I don't know how to use computers. Let's go. <laughs> and then, like, Wrecker, we get to see how incredibly smart Wrecker is because he takes apart a tank and makes a roaming tank. So he's not an idiot. Like, it just lent itself to, like, a very interesting dynamics. To have Omega with Echo and Tech. Probably, like, the Echo is the person who's been the most parental over her outside of Hunter. And tech, who really needed a lot of development. Because, so it was just like, it, tech gave development. Me tech so, development. it gave me so much of what I was begging for in season one. And it came right out with that. And I was like, yes. The thing that's the most interesting to me, though. The majority of the trailer footage, outside of the stuff with Crosshair, Commander Cody, Wreck and Rex. The majority of it was in these two episodes. So that's
2: good news usually.
1: Yeah. Because the next episode tomorrow's episode's called something like the 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 central clone or like the cozy clone. Some something about the a clone being alone. I'm almost positive it's a crosshair episode. Clone <laughs> alone. I I don't okay,
2: know. clone alone too. It's 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 crosshairs is Sitting in his in his, like parents' house, hiding out, and and they send those people two, would
1: be dead. <laughs> they
2: send two clones after him, and he just sets up a bunch of pitfalls for them so they can't get in.
1: Harry and Marv would be dead within the first. Please, two Dave Filoni, of the movie. make
2: clone alone.
1: But like, it, I'm almost positive it has to be with a the clone named
2: episode. Kevin. Kevin the clone, clone alone.
1: Like, I, I'm almost positive it has to be a crosshair episode because three episodes and we really need to touch in with him. And so, um, yeah, it's it's probably we're probably going to see Commander Cody and Crosshair tomorrow, which means that's the majority of the trailer footage outside of like one or two things, which is super exciting to me, because that means we don't know anything that means about they're the hiding
2: rest. things from us. Yeah, I'm, isn't it always exciting when you see a trailer and you get the idea that they're not showing you everything? It's yeah. so it's such a relief. That's why I, I avoid trailers a, a lot.
1: So <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see where Bad Batch takes us. So we'll get to it in two shows. It won't be starting, long. Yeah, yeah, we're doing Kenobi next week, starting Kenobi, and then Andor, and then Bad Batch. By then, we should probably have, I think, a is the we, ne- no Mando season three. We is the should neck, be so.
2: watching Mando by then. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it would be it's Mando season three. So. We'll be, we might even be done with Mando by then.
2: We might be, so.
1: yeah. And then we'll be doing Mando. And then Ahsoka. And then Skeleton Crew. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Let's get into Tales of the Jedi, though. <laughs> I warned Chris beforehand. I was like, I am sorry, Chris. Just so you know, I'm going to be very punchy about these episodes. Okay. Super punchy. Um, yeah. I, I do want to know. What, what were your thoughts about these last three?
2: ah i like the i like the sith lord the best same um practice makes perfect it's kind of it's not the most fun one to watch but it's nice it's really nicely crafted as like a short story to just illustrate a point and, and i really like that and the last one i think is the 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 least strong of the three almost like the last one where this one the last one isn't as it's it's sort of like a it's a story and you know uh, uh, but it's sort of like a fill in like okay you know here's Ahsoka during this point it's it doesn't have the 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 like self enclosed form to it. Or, or it sort—I mean, it sort of does, but it doesn't have the feel of that, like a, a short story. It's—it feels like part of a show, you know. It's, it feels like three quarters of an episode or something, you know.
1: That's so uh. interesting for me to hear, because I know for a fact you haven't read the Ahsoka novel. No, I haven't. So
2: you are correct.
1: So that—that's interesting to me to hear, because I—I I was wondering how that would play from. Because most people I talked to have read the Ahsoka novel. So I, I was wondering how it would play. And that's interesting. Uh, for me, I agree that Sith Lord's the best. It's the best. I, I actually would argue this. The, be- the Sith Lord is probably my favorite of all of them. Um, but it definitely needs the other two Dooku episodes to really build for that, like, impact. That emotional impact. Practice makes perfect. I like it, but I don't think it's needed. Like, what right why
2: <laughs> it's it's it makes an ironic point it makes an ironic point in the ending of it well we'll get into it when we get yeah to this, yeah and then i don't want to just blast my notes before we even get started
1: <laughs> yeah yeah do you know why i have barely i wrote the recap notes that i write every week without watching the episode because it has that little one too in it I, I remembered it beat for beat because it's a, it's a big nothing in one episode. And yeah. then resolve, as we are literally about to talk about, I have I have fundamental problems with. So ready to get into this? I am. I'm about to read a lot. So and I I explained that Chris, there's a reason I'm being this tedious in these background notes. I have a purpose to it. Yoda's going to have to wait because we're going to have a debate right out of the gate. Yoda can wait. Yeah. Even though I see him ex- about to explode over there because he wants to talk about Yaddle's death. I see him.
2: He's been drinking Pepsi all day, too, so mm-hmm. he's all spazzed. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: He's he's trembling. He's so excited. He's been waiting for this moment for 354 episodes. <laughs> all right. All <clears> right. <throat> Tales of the Jedi all aired on Disney Plus on October 26, 2022. All three of these episodes were written by Dave Filoni and all three were directed by Saul Ruiz. So, some extra information for you. All the original voice actors from Star Wars Animation reprised their roles as Asuku. I did that last week, I think, Ahsoka, <laughs> Dooku, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and more. But here are some of the newcomers to this show. Starting with the Sith Lord, Liam Neeson reprised his role once again as Qui-Gon Jinn. And Yaddle! The great Yaddle is here, and she is voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard. I I told you, he's in the corner like waiting to explode. We'll get to you. She has also directed multiple episodes in both The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, and she's been in other stuff like the Jurassic Park franchise. Moving on to the episode resolve, Clancy Brown is back in Star Wars voicing the Inquisitor. David Shaw is voicing the, the voice of the old man. Brighton James is the voice of the village brother. And Dana Day- Davis is the voice of the village sister. All right. Before I get into the next set of notes, I want to make one thing clear right here at the top. I do not think for a single moment that anything I am about to read was malicious. And it was not a malicious choice of the creators. I'm a very firm believer that this was an honest oversight. My issue lies with the lack of consideration for other canon work, as well as the silence from the creators ever since addressing these issues, with the the Ahsoka novel being the biggest one. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. But I do want to make it clear that no matter how heated I get in this debate, I do not think it was malicious.
2: I don't know if I'm debating you or not yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a discussion, Hope. Just a discussion. Oh, yeah. Friendly
1: discussion. But I I do want to make that clear at the top. I think it's an honest oversight. So, here we go. Please note how in the last two characters, their names are village brother and sister, thus making them nameless characters. It was confirmed by Alex and Molly Damon. I guess you could
2: say they were people, right? They were people. So they were the village people.
1: Oh. Thank
2: you. I'll mute out.
1: Oh, I liked that one. That was a good one. (laughs) It got me like right in the warm fuzzies. (laughs) I don't know why that one got me good. Um, It was confirmed by Alex and Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained in a live stream that the original screeners of the episode Resolve, those two characters had names and they were changed in the official release of the episode to be nameless. While they did not reveal the names on their stream, I'm noting it here because as I begin begin to get into the many inconsistencies with Tales of the Jedi, that causes it to clash with other canon works. This isn't the first time where bits of canon don't match here and there. That's normal. This is a massive fucking franchise. Not all the stories are gonna connect. That's fine. It happens all the time. This is a mythology, not a history. That The debate, though, has risen among fans that Dave Filoni is constantly running over other canon work pretty much consistently in all of his projects. Sometimes it's his own episodes, which is his right to run over his own episodes, but more often than not, it's books and comics. Normally, this is not a big deal if, say, the canon comic is slightly different, is slightly changed in The Bad Batch. But the breaking point hit with a lot of fans for Tales of the Jedi in particular was the erasure of a black queer female character that was one of the first canonical queer characters in the new canon. So I'm just going to run through the multiple inconsistencies because I do think we have to talk about it. Starting with the Sith Lord, there's a lot of back and forth if this episode changed the events of Dooku Jedi Lost and the book Padawan. The general consensus is no, it doesn't change these books. If anything, it adds to the drama of the episode. And the only reason I'm noting this is because I actually, it's in my notes and I thought, I think it adds to it. Both the book and the audio drama establish that Duku left the Jedi Order well before the events of the Phantom Menace. When in the episode, when this episode Sith Lord takes place, there is there was a little bit of confusion of how and why Duku was walking around the Jedi Temple if he had actually left the Order by this time. The answer is simple. In the in the novel Padawan, it establishes that the Jedi still have very high opinions of Duku. They still consider him a friend, and allows him to visit. The, the, the visit the temple and let him keep his lightsaber they look forward to his visits actually and it makes it all the more heartbreaking in the episode because he fucking stabs them all in the back
2: <laughs> they, they let they let him have his keep his library card
1: yeah they A mistake do. yeah but apparently by the time of this episode he's been calling for I think it's 10 years and they're just like no come back in go into the restricted section it's fine we love you, Deco. I wanted to note that, though, because to me, it actually does add to the episode. All right, for the rest of it, here's where the crazy starts. For Practice Makes Perfect, the first part of the episode contains several contradictory timeline things. Tano's test is overseen by Tara Sanube, who she doesn't meet until Lightsaber Lost, which is in 21 BBY. However, Jesse is wearing unpainted Phase 1 clone, clone armor, which he it has in the episode Deserter, which is set before Lightsaber la, Lost in official canonical order. Caleb Dume is also showed with his Padawan braid with Depa Pialba, despite not being her Padawan for another two years. Obi-Wan Kenobi is depicted with long hair for his Attack of the Clones hairstyle, despite never having that in the Clone Wars. And the novel Brotherhood depicts Obi-Wan having specifically cut his hair after receiving Jedi Commander armor. That he wears in the episode. And Anakin Skywalker's hair is so much shorter than he was ever shown in the episode. When asked about the inconsistencies, Lucasfilm Story Group member Matt Martin suggested that maybe Deppa and Caleb were just not Master and Padawan yet, and they just happened to be sitting together. Sure. And also pointed out in Canon number seven that Caleb knew Deppa Biaba prior to being her Padawan. Pablo Diago also said that he had a patamon braid in the comic before his apprenticeship, so it was a look. For the episode Resolve, the episode follows the exact same basic timeline as the Ahsoka novel written by E.K. Johnson. In an interview with Dave Filoni in the Nerdist, Ahsoka's creator said that the episode was based on the same outline that he had given to the... I lost my spot, sorry. Was based on the same outline that he had written for the novel and that the works were told basically... That the works told the same story. However, the novel contains many characters and events which are not present in the episode. The timing of Tana, of Ahsoka's first post-Order 66 uh, contact with Baylor Ghana is irrecon- irreconcilable. <laughs> Say the word, Chris. I can't say
2: it. Irreconcilable.
1: Thank you. Irreconcilable with the novel. Because in the book, they don't have any contact for over a year after the formation of the Empire, and R2-D2 plays a major role. Tano is surprised to hear that Organa is even alive, because she knew that he was a known Jedi sympathizer, and Organa was surprised to find her alive, because... He's been sending her his agents to her to recruit people. In the episode, however, Tano and first connect shortly after the formation of the Empire. The novels Inquisitor is identified as the sixth brother, but the Inquisitor in this episode has yet to be identified. But the biggest issue that fans have with these two are the previously unnamed villagers who had originally originally had names in the screeners. They replace Caden and. Uh, Mira Larte, the two sisters who Ahsoka had met in the novel. They were both black women and Caden Ka- was again one of the first queer black characters in the new canon. Or the first queer c- characters in the new canon. When the trailer of the Tales of the Jedi first dropped, fans were very quick to point out that it looked like they were adapting the Ahsoka novel. But they were worried about Caden's erasure from because she didn't look to be in any of the scenes that we got in the trailers. The Farmer characters were white passing, not black characters, that were already established. There was a big pushback when the trailer dropped with fans very vocal on social media. This is not confirmed. I want to make that clear. There is a theory with the fandom that Lucasfilm can't change the character's development that late in designs, that late in development. So they instead made the villagers nameless to somewhat cover their asses and say, see, we didn't replace Caden. These are just different adventures Ahsoka happened to be on with happened to have two Inquisitors and in apparently two different meetings with Bail Organa. That's the theory, because they once had names and they didn't. Because it was originally Dave's original story that was given to E.K. Johnson Johnson and the publishing group for the Ahsoka novel, what incentive does Dave Filoni have to go to the story group to make sure he's not running over other people's work? None. At all. It is his right as Ahsoka's creator to do what he wants, but there is a strange creative entitlement because the novel, uh, the novelists, and the comic artists, and all of them can't run over Dave's work, but he can run over theirs, and he has done so time and again. And while it is his right. I don't know how I feel about that because more people will see these two unnamed villagers than they will see Caden in a book because that's just the nature of the game. More people watch Star Wars than read the books in the comics. And that is in itself a problem because Chris would have never known who Caden Larte is if I hadn't told him. And he would have just taken this at face value. So... At the time of this recording, Lucasfilm still hasn't tried to clarify any of these Ahsoka novel retcons considering these two works or to say that they're the same event. I'm then talking, but that's... I have a massive problem because we've reached the point where the Ahsoka novel, Dave has run over on three separate occasions. One was The Siege of Mandalore. One was, of course, this. And then the other one was, oh, what was the other one? It's going to come to me because I was thinking about it today and now I blank on it. He's ran over the Cayman comics with The Bad Batch, of course. Like, he has done this with The Mandalorian. Like, he's constantly steamrolling over other people's work. But these writers and authors and comic artists cannot do that to his work. And I have a bit of an issue with that. What are your thoughts?
2: Well... This is this is what I've been sort of trying to, because I didn't really like I really couldn't have too much of opinion on it till you just explained it there. So, um, I think there, and I can only uh, you know I can only guess as to the thing, but it's it's basically like a ten or eleven minute short, and so you got a lot of things going on like the, these are characters with a story, and that there's just no time to tell to introduce stuff like that into this because it's 10 minutes they they have the they just want to you know get the the us uh, it's just there to show the st- ahsoka storyline of you know that uh, it's almost a sort of like w- you know sort of puts her in like okay you know it's it sort of it sort of goes like, okay, this is around Rebels time and stuff. And it shows like, you know, there's characters snitching and Ahsoka like trying to keep a low profile. And then the, you know, and then the Inquisitor showing up, you know, it's a very basic storyline and it just sort of puts her in that place. And, And so all the other characters, there's not much... That you would want to develop with them beyond Ahsoka's uh, their relation to Ahsoka in that storyline, you know. Here's
1: my so, thought about so you that. would want
2: you would sort of want to jettison all the any, and you know, and plus, uh, on top of that, I think Dave is in charge of the the. the there's there's like tiers uh there's there well there's just there's just two tiers of star wars media and that is you know the main it used to be just the movies because that's you know what but now with disney it's basically the movies and disney plus you know those are the those are the like those are the that is the canon that is the those are the 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 products that they're getting the masses in into you know that's those are the money makers so those take precedence over everything they can they can walk all over you know George Lucas was pre, that was pretty and Dave Filoni is very you know trained <laughs> brought brought you know jumped into the gang by George Lucas and like is trained at his feet you know learned learned at his feet, and you know that was sort of George Lucas did the same thing and on the on the like and and that would bake in sort of like the 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 three pronged you know black woman gay. All together in this story. It's just too much for 10 minutes. And it would be. And a it's like. I mean. Pick your battle with the public. But the public's going to complain about it. Whenever it. Whenever something like that happens.
1: So I slide in and make a suggestion. Because I I do have one thought. That they could have gone with. Which was. Give. The lady villager, Caden's design. And then, Uh like, from there, they're like, if you liked the story, read more about it in the Soka novel.
2: Right, right.
1: And just even if it had, even if she just had Caden's design and her name attached to it, like instead of unnamed villager female, just had, so we actually saw the name, Caden Larte, then people could go read more if they were interested. Right. They don't have to get in the fact that she's gay. They don't have to get in the fact of any that she has this big old crush on Ahsoka. They don't have to get that, into that part of it. That, Just give that, her that, the design.
2: That I mean, that would end up becoming a part of it because the next day there would be YouTube videos going, you know, a deeper look at this character. Who you know, who is it? Because, yeah, it, it. But it wouldn't be. But in the watching of the episode to the, and the people who watch those videos aren't the casual Star Wars viewers either. So. Yeah, yeah, they could they could have done that. I mean that that could have caused problems too, but I'm I haven't thought about how it would, but I'm just going on the fact that almost anything can cause problems. But that 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 would be my assessment of why it like if if you're going to do that character and you can't do it just and you can't do the character justice or you know, have it be part of the storyline, maybe just, you know, just wait on it or avo- avoid it. You know, I I mean, a lot of times avoiding something is the path of least resistance. You know, you can't count out just being like, hey, I don't want to even, you know, it, 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 but at the same time, it, it not doing it caused <laughs> him to have to a huge to outcry. This stuff. But I think it was just done for the bre- brevity of writing. You know, it's a 10-minute episode. They got to be like a bingo bango. You, you just have to know the bare minimum about the, the villager characters, you know, to 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 keep up with it, you know, so you're just on the main story while it's there. It, it's, you know, the, the, the same with, uh, which I think is why they did all, any kind of and I it sounds like a good deal of it was they just didn't do their homework which they should know better
0: <laughs> they but, should but know that's, better than that somebody else. catch
1: why would they have to do their homework if it's Dave Filoni's story and he can just do whatever he wants which which is the well, wrong to question know,
2: to know that if you change it like be like guys if we change this this is gonna this is gonna cause problems so let's change it in a way that's sensitive to that or or well, they have the option of choosing that as a possible having that as a possibility and so and-
1: that's that's actually a very interesting thing about the story group because this was my original misunderstanding and there's somebody who works in lucasfilm that I casual twitter buds with and my understanding of the story group was they oversaw all projects that's not true the story group is there as a resource if the creators and writers and stuff Choose go, to go to go them. to
2: them. They're they're not just like on every show. Check like they're not checking, which yeah. was
1: my misunderstanding. So again, why would Dave have to go to the story group on his own show? Which is where I feel like there's a little hubris there. Like it gives me this icky sense of hubris of him feeling that he doesn't have to because he could just run over stories if he wants to, if they're his stories, which is. Which, not, like, just outside of Tales of the Jedi, he's done this multiple times in his shows. We've talked about it in past shows before. And I'm reaching the point where I'm personally, like, why can he do this to other people's work, but other people can't do this to his work? And I don't think that's fair in what's supposed to be a collaborative franchise. Like, yeah, Yeah. not every story is going to match up. That's just the nature of this. Again, it's a mythology, not a history, but when it's constantly his creations that are doing it, it's, I'm reaching a point it, I mean, where it's, it's kind of gross.
2: Film, by nature is just collaborative. You you almost have to be collaborative to make it, but it's also corporate, and corporate means it's it's bottom it's bottom line based. Everybody's job is bottom line based. You gotta you gotta you gotta have if you're running you know running something and your shows just start tanking they're gonna have some they're gonna bring somebody else you're seeing D- dc is doing their version of it right now you know they're like okay out you guys had 10 years to try this and it didn't work so now we're bringing it we're gonna find new people and so you know that and that's that's like with the novels if one of the novels doesn't do so well uh, it's you know it's not as big an investment but you know the the, the it makes this stuff the top tier stuff so it it just is it gets that and it's in a it's in a hierarchical corporate environment you know you have to you have to wor- work within that and yeah it could be hubris. It could be he's just been doing it so long that he doesn't. I guess that is kind of hubris too. So, you know, it, 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 who who knows? But well, you know, we can only we can only guess what his internal. And we also don't know who you know. I mean, he he wrote the scripts, but uh, like I was saying earlier, who knows who el- who else has to read and approve those scripts and say like okay we need this and that because you know he, no, he flat almost, out
1: said in the Nerdist interview it was the same story he gave to the publishing group it was the same outline
2: right but that doesn't mean this it's out outline and the script you know the way it's presented it, the, you know the outline doesn't have ever is in isn't the script. You know what I mean? But I, yeah, I don't know. I I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to get super, super invested in it because like, I just, I, I find no, if, if you're like, if, if you're signed on to do a, a star Wars novel, you're, you are just above the level of maybe, you know, like working in the warehouse, you know, on Disney animation, you know, back in the day when they just hired people to to color in backgrounds and stuff like that, you know, in the corporate, you know, structure of the place and the, you know, and the the structure of it. You don't have a you, you don't have a lot of you have to you have to fight your way up to the TV show. And even then, you know, on the TV show, if you write a script, probably if you're not Dave Filoni, it's going to get a lot. You know, it's going to be a lot different <laughs> by the time it show, It hits the screen. So,
1: I, I do want to add this. Like, nah, actually, actually, I'm not. I mean, it's. If it, there's a rumor that I've seen floating around, that uh-huh. allegedly, allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, there was. Some time crunch issues going on too, because this was developed in the while Bad Batch season two was being created as well, and the, I I've heard whispers that there could have been a time crunch situation, which is why they nobody of the hundreds of people working on this project went, hey, I read the Ahsoka novel. Let, let's yeah. talk about this. But yeah. even then, like I find that a little outlandish. That of. The hundreds of people working on this not a single one a who works at lucasfilm hasn't read that book oh. not a single one and none of them mm-hmm. thought about going to the story group like i i have issues with that rumor
2: i like like all of the rumors and all of the things that we thought of could have all been happening at once too you
1: yeah know? There, so, i would not be surprised if there's a time crunch to be honest, which is why i that's a big reason why I don't think this is malicious because animation takes fucking long to do and the fact that they were doing this alongside of the Bad Batch with the exact same team of animators on the Bad Batch holy fuck any any commercial production
2: any commercial production like if you had to guess what the problem was like, if you throw out Ego's or, or Time Crunch, you're probably, you know, Ego's Time Crunch or Budget, you're probably, you know, going to hit mm-hmm. 95% of them.
1: <laughs> I feel like two out of three of those is true here, and it's not the budget.
2: Could, could be, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I it mean, does,
2: this doesn't look like it had uh, much much budgetary problems. Looks beautiful.
1: It looks gorgeous. This is, these are gorgeous. So, But I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it, because... I, I have fundamental problems with like that last episode. It, like I'm not okay with how it's handled. I'm not okay with the fact that they've been so silent on it. I'm not okay with that not a single person thought, hmm, let's check on this. And I'm getting to the point where I'm very tired of this happening in Filoni shows. And I love Dave Filoni. I love Star Wars animation. Th- this is the reason I'm a fucking Star Wars fan. It's the reason I have an Ahsoka and a Rex tattoo. Like, I love it, but it's also getting to the point where it's very frustrating to watch this constantly happen. And I'm not okay with it. So, I I just wanted to hear your thoughts, like when you had more context and all of this, because I've written plenty of articles and talked enough about on podcasts with other people (laughs) about it. So, I wanted to hear your thoughts, but. We should move on and talk I have, about... I
2: have low expectations in, in those sort of departments, so I don't get as upset because I just don't expect... Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't expect change, but I feel like we should always hold creators accountable to do better. And I will always hold a creator accountable for not checking to see if there is a black gay woman in already established canon. I'm gonna hold a creator accountable for that, so. Um uh, speaking of egos, I'm sure he is ready. Hi!
0: Hi! Yoda's here. Yes, Yoda's here to talk about episode.
1: Yeah. Yoda, I don't even have a question for you.
0: Oh, no question for Yoda. Yoda's I'm just gonna there. let
1: you do whatever you want because you've been waiting three hundred and fifty-four episodes for your arch nemesis, your arch rival, your most hated other person to die, so you Such do what? Such a
0: shame.
1: So you just do whatever sad. you need to do about Yaddle's death.
0: Sad, sad, sad. Tragic accident on the set. Yes.
1: On, wait, on the you mean in the episode, right?
0: Wait. Uh, tragic episode. Tragic I- I failure of of special effects. Yes. Wait, did you
1: say on the set?
0: Mm. Mm. Very, very tragic, traumatic. Luckily, had had filmed all of Yattle's speaking lines first. Yoda thinks might not be in the best case to have left it in the 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 episode, but need it for the story they did.
1: What did Wham- you
0: do? Just came down. What did you so do? So sad. What did you do? <laughs> uh, Yoda was just watching on the set. Just watching, paying attention, being quiet on the set. Hmm. Making sure, try, make, make sure maybe to help if something went wrong.
1: Uh-huh.
0: force. Didn't,
1: you didn't happen uh-huh. to affect uh-huh. anything. Touch. T- did you touch anything on the set?
0: Yoda touched nothing. Yoda touched nothing. Check all the cameras. Mm. Yoda oh. was sitting in his chair. Little chair says Yoda. Mm, folds up.
1: Did you happen to, like, wave at the door with your little hand at any point?
0: Yoda might have scratched his head or something. Sometimes Yoda's itchy when he's not as moist as he can be. On set lights are very hot. Very hot.
1: So you're saying you didn't use the force to accidentally drop a door on Yattle?
0: Yoda didn't say anything and Yoda said much. Yes.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Hmm.
1: Here I thought you'd be just throwing a party for Yaddle, but now I'm having to... Oh
0: no, so sad. So sad to see.
1: I've listened to like eight years of...
0: sad to watch on Yoda's hard drive over and over and over again.
1: I've listened to... (laughs) I've listened to eight years of you going YADDLE to to not... You're being a little too cool right now.
0: Yoda would never speak ill of the the, the crushed flat.
1: Well, I'm flat, glad like crushed, that we flat. I'm glad that we are recording this conversation. We might don't be alarmed if it, you it, it
0: was a crush dent Mm.
1: Yeah, and don't be alarmed if a police officer comes by your swamp to ask you some questions, Yoda.
0: Oh, a question for Yoda? Yes, Yoda will give many answers, yes. I'm
1: sure he will, because (laughs) now we know there's a hard drive.
0: Uh, Yoda has nothing to hide.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yoda will turn over his hard drive. Yoda doesn't care.
1: Actually it, that might be really traumatizing for the police officer because who knows what else is on your hard drive.
0: Take a good look at Yoda's hard drive. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: you know, it, it's just guys. Yeah. Very
0: good, very good browser history, yes.
1: Uh, no.
0: Check it out. Nope, mm-hmm.
1: nope. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Have fun. Oh,
2: ho, 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 ho. Well, he just flew off (laughs) like a little bird.
1: So we both agree that he murdered Yadda, right?
2: Yeah, but nobody's going to do anything about it. It's just, it's going to be like that. What what was that show? Tiger King or whatever it was.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Everybody knows everybody killed everybody else in that show, but you can't have season three without, without those. Well, I guess you could have them in jail, but it wouldn't be as exciting, so.
1: There's a second season. I I couldn't even get through the first season of Tiger King.
2: Oh yeah, I think there was a second season of Tiger oh,
1: King. Oh my yes. god.
2: Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I, I never.
2: I've never seen a second of it. I don't know. I, I'm.
1: I mean, no. it sounds
2: interesting, but it sounds it's, cheesy. It's exploitative
1: exploitative. Exploitive. Ex- yeah. exploitive like show to the like nth degree which just and all it is exploiting is abuse and animal abuse and people abuse and yeah 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 just
2: just general turdiness yeah when it
1: actually showed a real life human being getting murdered yeah i was like no i'm done with this nope nope i can't i can't watch this drama so they showed
2: it on the show
1: The the person happened to be just off camera, but the person in the room who watched it happen, you saw their entire reaction. And I was like, no.
2: That's sketchy.
1: It is super sketchy. And I was like, this was already very squeaky. and Now it's crossed the line. Anyway, speaking of crossing lines to points of no return, like Tiger King, let's talk about Caleb Duke. (laughs)
2: Do you queue
1: and talk about the best one? So you ready to get into the Sith Lord?
2: I'm Thank you ready. Everybody
1: has been sitting through the first hour of us talking about this because I really wanted to talk about that. So I appreciate all. And y'all. I'm so
2: happy. Hope I know this is the second episode, but like we haven't released the first episode of this yet. But guess what I found yesterday?
1: What'd you find? Soundtrack. Mm. You are a happy camper. I am. Mm, that that's Chris's happy place. Makes
2: Chris Chris's life a little easier.
1: Uh Chris's happy place. Not
2: easier, just better. Just better.
1: Yep. Alright, you ready to get into the Sith Lord? I'm ready. We open on Coruscant in the Jedi Temple. And Dooku is walking through the Jedi archives, just going, Don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. And he gets in there. And he punches in his friend Cypho Diaz's like little password code. So it's his code is QWERTY69. And the, the Jedi Archives is like, hello, Mr. Sifo Diaz. And he deletes Camino from the Jedi Archives, which is why Jakasa knew was just like, this planet don't exist. And Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I didn't think about that for a second. <laughs> I was like, "What movie is that?" Anyways, it's less
2: secure than Wikipedia, man. It's does it's it doesn't make sense.
1: Apparently, um, but as he's leaving, he notices that everyone's in a bit of a tizzy. Everyone's kind of looking at him and talking about stuff. So he goes over to Jacasta New, and he's like, "Hey, Jacasta, what are they all talking about?" And she's all like. So, there's apparently this Sith Lord named Spiky Boy, and your old apprentice saw him. And I just wanted a a reason to use uh, Maul's nickname from Rebels again. To Spiky Boy. (laughs) And boy is B-O-Y for anybody who didn't join us for Rebels. It's B-O-Y. B-O-I. So, uh, what was I talking about? So, Qui-Gon apparently saw Maul, and everyone's freaking out because we are firmly in the Phantom Menace timeline. So Dooku's just like, oh, a Sith Lord! My my apprentice apparently saw a Sith Lord! Please excuse me! And he like walks out of there really fast. So there's Qui-Gon, and he's moseying along with Yattle. And Yaddle is just like, I don't know about this Sith Lord. And Qui-Gon's like, I know what I saw. And Dooku kicks in the door and he's like, Qui-Gon, there you are! First of all, I missed you. And you're, you, you—they're all grown up. And I'd love to meet Obi Wan and be your grandmaster, his grand pappy master. But not right now because we're in the middle stuff. Did you, did you really see a Sith Lord? A Sith, like a real Sith Lord? And Qui Gon's like, yeah. What about it? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He told the council. And Qui Gon's like, yeah. They didn't believe me. I mean, not that I expected them to, but yeah. I, I know what I saw. I saw a Sith Lord. And Dooku's like, bro, I've been warning the council about the coming darkness, and they never listen to me. And Yaddle's like, well, the council's just cautious until we know more. And Dooku's like, oh, trust me, you're about to learn a lot, lady, in the next few minutes. So Dooku wants to be Obi-Wan, and he says goodbye to Qui-Gon, not realizing it is the very last time he is seeing his old padawan. We then time jump. To Dooku standing in the gardens of the Jedi Temple, because Qui-Gon is now dead. And Qui-Gon loved this tree as a boy, because apparently he's from Coruscant, and trees are really cool to him. And Dooku is sad. Like, super sad. And he's mourning, and he's just like, Tree, Tree Qui-Gon loved you, and I'm confuzzled, and I don't know where to go from here. And Yaddle shows up, and she's just like, Hey... You want to go to Dooku's funeral? I'm sure he'd like you there if, you know, he wasn't dead. And and Qui-Gon's, not Qui-Gon, what's his name? is just like, no, I won't be good company. Nobody else wants me there. But I guess he's one with the Force, so I should just let him go. Goodbye! (laughs) And he just like runs off. And Yaddle's like, huh, that's suspicious. So she follows him and he flies to like the factory side of town and Yaddle follows him and Dooku is in a blind British rage and he's just like making like British noises like Palpatine you killed got my apprentice killed and Palpatine is like you know what? We all lost apprentices today. It's a tit-for-tat kind of day. You lost an apprentice. I lost an apprentice. It's just sometimes how Thursdays work. And Pat, like, is like, I've done so much for you. I, like, killed my friend Sifo Diaz, and now Gon is dead, and I'm not sure about this. I'm having doubts about helping a Sith Lord And then they hear a Sith Lord, and Yaddle jumps out and she's like, Stop right there, Sith Lord! I'm gonna stop you! Dooku! You're so awesome! We were wrong! You were right! And we... you don't have to team up with that Sith Lord! And the whole time, Palpatine's like, Oh no! I have been betrayed! Picks up popcorn, starting to eat it. How will I ever cope? I have been betrayed, Dooku. You have betrayed me. Eat more popcorn, and well, pretty much like Yattle's pleading with Dooku not to do this. That he can. There's always another chance. There's always a chance to come back to the light. And he's just like, I've made my choice. So, <laughs> so Dooku fights Yaddle, and it's really awesome. It's actually a really cool fight, and I really like it. And it ends with. Dooku or Yoda stares off into the distance, (laughs) drops a door on Yaddle, and Palpatine's like, good, drop it again. Or maybe Yoda was like, good, drop it again. (laughs) And Yaddle, with the power of the light side, and I just spat on my computer screen, lifts the door and falls out and looks up at Dooku, and he's just like, sorry. And he kills her gently I'm like uh sorry i guess i'm a sith lord now and palpatine's like this is a really good thursday <laughs> the end
2: <laughs> i'm enjoying this
1: he had the best time
2: i'm as i'm the thinnest i've ever been <laughs> feeling myself
1: I'm, I'm really coming into my own Ugh. This this is actually my least my most notes, my most notes of any of them. So uh can I just start with the biggest one? The door itself, when they're like inside, it's just a big evil smile. Yeah. It's just a big evil smile, and I love it. It's just the door is happy to be evil with like the little teeth and everything. It's just yeah, the big no, old it's smiling very, it's, door. It's
2: very palpatine.
1: It is so palpatine. He would have just a big evil smiley face door
2: having more fun than Mace Windu has ever had in his entire life Palpatine has more fun taking a shit than than Mace Windu's had in his entire life Palpatine Palpatine's taking a dump just like ah, ha ha
1: yes
0: oh, oh some, people, some people like
1: shitting yeah so, this
2: is wonderful this is like distilled evil
1: look at it smell it dooku <laughs>
2: I am a master creator. Okay. Look,
1: look at my dookie dookie.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> anyway, what do you think of this one? Welcome back to Jacob's this, D- is D- my favorite of
2: the, this is my favorite of the three. This is my favorite Th- of the three, too. This one had weird references to other science fiction movies, neither of which I'll bet you've seen. Maybe you've seen one of them. Have you ever seen Blade Runner? It had nope, some
1: you asked me that blade. probably about once a month.
2: It was, it, it has <laughs> some serious Blade Runner sort of music in it. Another reason I'm psyched to have gotten the soundtrack, some very like Cynthia, like, brrr,
0: brrr,
2: like very, very nice. It, it, but really, it's got a lot, it's got a little bit of 2001 A Space Odyssey in it. Dooku walking through the archives through the rows of uh, you've never seen 2001 a space odyssey right nope at the end of at the end of 2001 a space odyssey one of the astronauts is dismantling the computer that runs a ship and the computer is just this room full of like plexiglass slide out like let's just call them CD disk trays that you know and, and the 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 robot is like pleading with the guy not to deactivate him as he just keeps like taking more memory off offline until the robot until the computer is just like say you know a daisy, is, is that, daisy. oh that's where
1: that comes from okay
2: yeah and and that is that and, and he, that's what dooku is like pulling it out it's very it was visually very 2001 a space odyssey and at the end when dooku says i'm afraid at the end of like you know the the computer says to the astronaut dave i'm i'm afraid dave and uh and it was also kind of a uh callback to uh the kylo ren in uh the the force awakens before he polishes off his dad who is in blade runner also um my only other note is dooku pulls an Andor, whereas Uh. whereas you you just walk in and do it and they don't they won't even you know think that you're gonna you're you're going and wiping camino off the map
1: huh to
2: cause trouble down you know he just he oh he just he, walks
1: in like he owns the he place. walks
2: in the the jedi mm-hmm. are pretty pretty full of themselves and you know and are you know no you know it's just very easy for him to do you know yeah so nobody's nobody would think that that would or expect that to ever happen
1: and that is almost like we're we're meet, like finding out that he's actually been gone for several years at this point. And the like that that adds to so much of the heartbreak is they welcome him back all the time. Like Qui Gon still calls him his master. Like they like Yaddo and Shikasta still talk to him like a friend. And it's this idea that like he could have came back anytime. And that he he is constantly questioning himself in this one like when he deletes the archives he pauses and like takes the deep breath and kind of closes his eyes like oh my god yeah. what have i done well, it's
2: sort of a miniature little miniature version of anakin on anakin's arc
1: yeah and i think he has doubts all the way up until he kills yaddle and then he feels like he's reached a point of no return right like right. Like he mourns. That's
2: that's sort of like how the, that's how I don't know if the Sith in general, but it's definitely how Palpatine likes to jump in his apprentices. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is get them to do a nice little blood sport in front of him, and if it entertains him, they can rise, rise,
1: and rise. It, the The other part about like those doubts is like. He says, I have been warning the council about the coming darkness for years. And if he's already left the order, then why is he still warning them of the coming darkness that he's helping? Like, that is such a cry for help of like, hey, please look at this without saying that I'm part of it. Please. (laughs) You stop being so, like, ego-filled and hubris, Jedi, because I kind of want to be rescued by you guys.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, he wants them to stop being what they were that made him... But not I, like them, and they won't. But I think he's
1: also, <laughs> I think he's at this hard place of like, I'm only going to tell you so much of it because if I tell you everything, I'm incriminating myself, and I'm f- and I'm scared of that yeah. side too. That's why he doesn't go with the adult because he's afraid of what he has already done. Because like multiple people have already died at his hands, including his friend, being Sifo Diaz, and like because these multiple, pe- like he doesn't feel like he could go back because the Jedi have proven to him that's the point of the last two episodes that they're yeah. so heads up their own asses that they're not looking out for people like him but he's still trying to give them enough information so they can stop him and they still miss it well I uh, mean but-
2: Palpatine's the voice his inner voice is when she's just like look it's up to you, you know, if you help me then that'll just absolve all your stuff and, and you see him think that and I'm sitting there thinking to myself yeah right and then you know, Palpatine's like, "Don't believe them; the, they'll just toss you under the bus," which is a, which is right, you know, <laughs> which is prob ninety percent. That's probably what would happen. So, and and I yeah. do
1: think like Qui Gon's death was like the final nail on the coffin. Yeah,
2: yeah, Because
1: yeah. if the if the Council would have believed Qui Gon, it's not guaranteed that Qui Gon would have lived, but there would have been a much better chance of Qui Gon living because do, then like if, multiple Jedi would be acting on Maul.
2: If Qui-Gon would have lived, also, I don't think... I think Qui-Gon, like, if he would have lived, I don't think uh, Dooku would have ever wanted to have Qui-Gon ever see him go to the darks. I think it would have been, like, you know, the thing holding him back.
1: Yeah, I think Qui-Gon was always the thing that was holding him back, and that's why we see him mourn. I love the scene of him in the garden, and, like, talking about the tree, and, like, how he brought Qui-Gon there as a child, and, like, what that memory meant to him. And... It's like you see the anger where, like, where he's like, I have to let this go because I've, I can't go back now. Like, I've, I have to go forward. Mm, mm, It's so good.
2: Yes, it's very nicely done. But that's all the notes I got.
1: Oh, then I will continue my notes. I I know we mentioned this last week. I'm just going to say it again, though, because I feel it even more this week. Boy, I wish all of these were about Dooku. Every single one, because especially his relationship with Cypho Diaz, because we only know in the books that they were like BFFs, like they were very good friends. They grew up together, which is how he has like Sipho's, Sipho Diaz's like code, like key codes and everything. And hearing, like, if we had, would have had one of these episodes just on Dooku and Sipho Diaz, just to get an idea of their friendship when we get to this point where Sipho Diaz is dead because of Dooku, and now Dooku is like using his dead friend's codes to do evil things like that would just have like so much more impact <laughs> uh um what were your thoughts on was it what it, like Yoda aside because now we're just talking normally what were your thoughts on Yaddle because this is probably the most we've ever had Yaddle on screen that's not her as a puppet looking decrepit in just, it,
2: just, just, just sitting in the background with her head maybe turning a little bit uh she was okay her personality was pretty generic Jedi, though. You know what I mean. She's she's not as salty as 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 Yoda or quirky. She she definitely just had the sort of you know, um, um, is it school teachery sort of?
1: Well, that's not off point uh, because in the High Republic book, she's a young lead teacher.
2: Okay, and makes... she
1: was she was also uh, in charge of, of Qui Gon when he was a youngling. Like he, she was one of his teachers, so she is very school teachery.
2: You don't get. I mean, you don't get to get too much of a of of you know of what kind of person she is. Um, she was definitely somebody that that um, Dooku was comfortable with. Um, maybe she yeah. was even his teacher as a kid. You know, maybe yeah so um yeah i mean i uh, was sort of a a stand-in for it was it was funny because dooku ended up fighting her and yoda (laughs) and you know we get to see him fight the only two characters of that race you know he didn't live to go fight grogu unfortunately for him or he actually have a
1: I actually have a note about that fight because I always love seeing someone from Yoda species fight because it completely changes the dynamic of the fight because you're fighting some someone that's like two feet tall, which changes like the angles, how to fight them, and it just made me think, man, I wish we got fights with more different size aliens. She fights life-savers. differently
2: than Yoda too. It wasn't just like a. She's captain. not as acrobatic. No, she she is. She likes to just sort of climb over, climb over things. She she she's more. Defensive. about fighting and then disappearing and letting the person stew and maybe talking to them a little... You know, she's 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 a little more mental... playing a little mental game of it where Yoda was just like, wah <laughs> I,
1: I think some of that was she's still trying to get through to Dooku versus yeah. when Yoda fights him, he's already gone. So yeah. like, J- Yoda's trying to stop him. So I do think it's two different scenarios. But I just love the the visual... Aspects of watching Yoda species fights a full tall human because it just looks awesome. It's a completely different kind of fight. But it also makes me want, like, what does a Doug Jedi like fight? Like, what does that fight look like? Like, I want to see more various alien species that are not humanoid like Ahsoka fight because it's just visually cool to look at. Um, For me, I love this introduction to Yaddle. I think it's great, but I also think it's too little, too late. Like I would have loved to have Yaddle all throughout seven seasons of Clone Wars. That would have been awesome. Actually, no, that wouldn't have been possible. She's dead. Never mind. Ignore hope. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore hope. I just remembered how canon works. She's, She's
2: floating in a, in, a, in a floating in a. Think of back to you know, out to the side of
1: her. She'll I be forgot. fine. She'll
2: be fine. Next episode, she'll be yeah. up and at Adam.
1: This ep- that note does not matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I forgot where we were in the timeline. Um, but I do like her. Like, I think it's so cool that they just took this character that had just a little bit of like a, a decrepit looking puppet in the background and like. Flushed her out, gave her a little story, and gave her an awesome ending. Like, like this very passionate ending. And I really loved this introduction to her. Um, though, while I do think this is pretty close to perfect, there is one change I would make to it. And that is, when Duku draws his lightsaber to fight Yaddle, because he says, like, he pretty much essentially says, no, it's too late for me, and he lights his lightsaber, it should have been a red blade. Now, of course, everyone's going, but if it's a Red Blade, that would have given it away in the trailer. Ha ha, you say that. But there is actually precedence. Here's my well actually pushing up my little nerdy anime glasses. Um, There's actually precedent in Star Wars animation of hiding things in trailers. In the season four trailer for Clone Wars, when they were showing scenes from the Umbara arc, they changed the color of the blaster bolts in the trailer because the scene they were showing was the one where the clones were fighting each other, not realizing they were attacking their own men. So they changed one side's blaster bolts to the enemy color to make it look like they were fighting an enemy. So there's precedence of them changing blaster bolt colors in trailers. So I think it would have been cool if in the trailer they kept his lightsaber blue but then had the surprise in the actual episode when he draws its blade it's already red. That would have been bitchin!
2: (laughs) They done messed up.
1: Yeah, that's that, but even then, that's tiny. But the only other note I have is a hypothetical question to you, Chris. So, we have had three episodes of Dooku at this time. And we got to see, like, why he fell, like, his problems and issues, how he wanted order and peace and to get rid of corruption in the Republic. Do you think if Dooku lived to see the horrors of his so-called order and peace brought onto the galaxy with the Empire... That his helping palps didn't actually make the galaxy better during the imperial time. Do you think he would have gone back to the light side?
2: I think there definitely would have been the possibility to it because he wasn't totally, you know. It, but it's hard to say, you know. I mean, you could go for there, you could still learn more about him. Uh, you know, maybe he was, uh, you know, sort of uh, had the. the he used all this stuff just as an excuse you know psychologically to go to the dark side and, and wanted to all the time because he always was kind of there but you know who knows who knows but uh it's it's definitely possible um i mean that if that would have been like uh in the story he would have been the kind of character who maybe when he right re- you know had gone way too far that like he ended up like, ends up, you know, turning on Palpatine, but Palpatine just wipes him out, you know, thus setting up, you know, showing Palpatine can just like take out this guy. Cause I don't think, I think that's Dooku what he does to
1: Maul. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: You know, so, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't think like, yeah.
1: I just had the thought of like, ooh, a, a Maul Dooku team up. Hmm, that would have been great. Um, Yeah, I, I agree. I think if he lived long enough to see the horrors of the Empire and realizing that what he thought was order and peace was just a different form of corruption and prosecution... Uh, prosecution, like I think he would have been like. I mean,
2: if he, oh my god, <laughs> know, if he recognized the corruption of the Jedi, he would recognize the corruption of the Empire, pretty. But he too.
1: he recognized the corruption of two separate senators. Like that was the point of the first two is like he called out two separate senators for like not helping their people because of their corruption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like this was already something that he was, he like he was sort of already kind of like eh on the Jedi. But I think when the Separatist Guard was like. Because him and Mace Windy yeah. was like, why didn't you go to the Jedi? But that. And they that, went. They went. We don't trust and... the Jedi because they serve the Senate. <laughs> right.
2: But all the all that Senate, all the Senate, you know, the individual senators and the Jedi corruption is nothing compared to the Empire corruption. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because
1: so, like someone like know, Mon Mothma so is, I, yeah. Andor has shown that someone like Mon Mothma is essentially useless. Like she's, like her job is useless because. The Senate is just a bunch of puppets for Palpatine yeah. that, like, mani- m- manipulate. So I think he would have went back to the light side, too. I think he would have found a way to then, like, no, I'm I'm not going to stand for this. And I'm going to fight back against Palpatine. And now I just want to all Dooku team up because they would both be ch- so fancy trying to out fancy yeah. each other.
2: <laughs> I, I would like a Dooku and... And I would like as much time together with Duku and Grievy. I think Duku and Grievy show would be a great show i it would be just, like I, it should be like the odd cup
1: I just got to relieve to relive some gre like general goodness because I was writing um for work uh, Who is Gungi. The uh, Wookiee Padawan from the kids' arc of Clone Wars because right. he's coming back for Bad Batch. So I was going back through his arc and like kind of writing up a summary. And I went back and I watched the fight of Grievous versus Ahsoka in that arc. And it starts off with Grievous spider crawling across the ground. And I was like, oh, this is so great. <laughs> and it ends with Hondo shooting at Grievous from the Slave One, And he's spider crawling away. And Hondo's just like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, you know what? I might have been a bit hard on the kids arc. There's so much good in it. Yeah. <laughs> Hondo versus Grievous, General Grievous so good. Oh, it was so good watching that spider crawl. I I miss watching that spider crawl. It was really good. Uh, But that's all I have for this one. Do you have anything else?
2: No, let's uh, let's get into the rest of it.
1: (laughs) That just makes perfect. The one that I almost didn't watch because I remembered all of it. And it's only, yeah. like, seven minutes long. Yeah. So. Here it is, guys. You ready? We open with Anakin running late t- to watch Ahsoka take a test. And Camel Joe is there. And she does really good. And Caleb dooms in the background. And he may or may not be as white as he was in Bad Batch. It's hard to tell. He sits in shadows the entire time. Maybe they took a note from that. Who knows? Anyway. So he sees this test. And Anakin drags Ahsoka outside. He's like, this test is bullshit. It's bullshit! I'm gonna do a better test! And Ahsoka's like, okay. So he takes her to the factory area, which is, I guess, very popular in this part of town. And he's like, Alright, Ahsoka, all the clones are gonna shoot at you with stun bolts. And she's like, cool. And then she gets shot 25,000 times, over and over again, in a montage of, like, four years. Or, actually, the Clone Wars is only, like, two years. Two to three years. Um... So we get a long montage of a sucking shot over and over again, and sometimes for a little flavor, Rex shoots her, you know, for fun, and eventually it ends with her learning the maneuver for Clone Wars Season 7 that she used to save her life during Order 66, and it ends with her and Rex facing down my sweet baby angel boy Jesse, and that is the episode. I wrote all of that, and then I watched it, just to make sure. But yeah, that was it. Because this is a thing, oh. Old... Uh, this is a thing. And I, I know I'm being kind of like... Because I, mean, I, I do like this episode. I don't know if this was needed, though.
2: I didn't like this episode as much as the last one, but I gave it the same score. Uh, that Because I, I think it's it's a, it's... It's a well-crafted story, you know it it makes it makes a it makes a, sharp, a pretty sharp pointy po- point with order 66, which I, I I admit I saw this before, but I was just like, oh yeah, this training's going to come in handy for order 66. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. this is the ending of this. <laughs> this
1: uh, the, the spin move that she does is these like when Rex first changes and she jumps up on the table, it's the same move. Like yeah. that's the move that she learns,
2: and uh, my 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 only other note is uh, Anakin didn't learn this from Obi Wan. This is some Darth. This is this is the Darth Vader in him thought up this uh, this this little training session, which was interesting because you see Obi Wan Obi Wan and Yoda just sort of watching him walk away after eavesdropping on their conversation uh but yeah it's a it's pretty sadistic training <laughs> yeah it's it's more sith sith like than than jedi like yeah, where you just keep you know it's like it, i was expecting one of the clones going sir uh you know you can get brain damage from getting clocked that many times in the head with a stun bolt or something like that, but yeah, that's all the notes I had.
1: Wow, you only had two notes.
2: <laughs> Three That's... notes. Three notes. Joe Came prepared to fight the clones and Anakin didn't learn this from this shit from Obi-Wan.
1: Yeah. Um again, like it it's cool to see it, but like, is this episode needed? And the reason I say no, it's not needed, because I watched seven seasons of fucking Clone Wars. Like, we've covered This very idea in multiple episodes of Clone Wars throughout the course of the show that Anakin personally pushed Ahsoka with very unconventional training and has almost said verbatim in other episodes, I'm doing this because if you can do this, you can fight any droid on the battlefield because you're going to be better, which... We already had this idea, this concept, this covered in multiple episodes of multiple episodes of Clone Wars of how and why she survived Order sixty six was because of Anakin's training. Yeah, we already had this. Like, like we're just but it was
2: but it was all tell, so this was this was show, you know, and it and it, and it it was it works. Some for, of it, those works
1: too. it It was, works
2: for for a good s- the short story, you know. It's like, a, it's like a it's like a it's like a five or six page, seven eight page. You know, story from you know, like Marvel t- or or Star Wars tales, or you know, or something like that, or well, a comic this is, or something. This
1: is based on a comic. There was a comic called Tales of the Jedi, which right, which is right, what this is okay, based
2: on. yeah, and that that's what it totally feels like, and yeah, it doesn't it doesn't add anything, but it's it's just sort of a it's just sort of an emotional beat, I guess, you know, yeah, and, and you get to see it, and you get to see Anakin in doofy like. Hey, guy, you know, just like, hey, I'm late. <laughs> you know that that you don't get to see him in that mode. You know, you haven't, we haven't seen him in that mode in a long time. You know.
1: Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like, though, I, I disagree. Like when you said it was the other episodes were tell. They're not tell. It's seven seasons worth. Like they're not all tell. Like there's a lot of like show it too. So I'm like, because this is a story that we already know. Pick something else, up so we can learn something new about her. Because I guess this is a summary of Ahsoka's training in seven minutes. But I've already seen that. I I, I, I want to see something
2: new. I almost feel like we got that amount of Ahsoka because there's a TV show coming. You know?
1: That is my theory about why they chose Ahsoka and didn't well, do the yeah. entire thing as Dooku because yeah. there's a Ahsoka. I I feel that in my bones. That's my tinfoil hat theory that makes me. And rabbit. and you
2: probably didn't have to ask Dave Filoni twice to toss out a few Ahsoka stories. So but that's you know. the thing.
1: Like then choose a different Ahsoka story of something new that we've already seen, that uh, that we haven't seen. Like give us something new. I would almost like it to be, like... There are so many things. Like, her friendship with Barris Afi. And, like, we talked about how, like, when Barris bombed the the Jedi Temple. And, like, it was such a fast turnaround. Because we never saw any development for Barris. So, like, have a moment where they're having another awesome conversation. Or having her, like, after, like, when she's on the run. And, like, powering up with Asajj Ventress. You could have added Asajj back to, like, see more of that story. Like... Why give us a seven minute episode of things we've already seen? A story could've...
2: with her and Asajj Ventress would have been really good, I think. Like really it, of those of because those, because then I... it
1: ties into Dooku as well. Like they could have had it where like it ties into Dooku because uh, Ventress was Dooku's apprentice, right? And Dooku lost his apprentice, but then we see his other apprentice here. Like there's ooh, there's so many better Ahsoka stories they could have told. Than this one this is well done it's beautiful it's good but it's not needed when there's so many other things that you could have done it, though i will say i'm always happy to hear ashley and matt back as anakin ahsoka though i love Just matt lanter
2: the season two
1: yep i love matt lanter i love ashley x9 i'm always happy to see those two back so um and i am also very sad that Yoda doesn't speak because Tom Kane can't voice Yoda anymore, and that's very sad. Yeah, but that's all I have. This is a very nothing episode for me.
2: There's not a lot to talk about in it. All right, as opposed to this one.
1: I will. Let's ready to wrap this puppy up with resolve.
2: Wrap this Inquisitor up.
1: Not too tightly, though,
2: because he'll pop. Yeah.
1: Apparently, he deflates such a weird like a lot, I've seen a lot of people debate that. I'm like, I think it's cool, but I also agree that uh, I don't get why he deflates.
2: <laughs> maybe there were, it, maybe he was like grievous and that was just like, so, you know, he was all like in his chest cavity and his head was just like a, a balloon that he stuck up there to look scary. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I don't it, know. It, that's,
2: that, that's the thing about it. It's just supposed to be fun.
1: Oh, it is really fun. Like, I I like that he deflates. It's one of those choices that made me go,
2: Weird beat, you know?
1: It's so creepy. Like, yeah, I like that he deflates because it made me go, huh, that's cool and different. Ah. Uh, Oh, Excuse me. All right. Ready to resolve? I'm ready. We open with so many emotions. Because I actually, as as much as I've been shitting on this one for the entirety of this episode, I love the beginning of it. Because we are at Padme's funeral, which is so fitting, and so beautiful, and so gorgeously animated, and I'm crying because, oh my god, Padme needs all the love, and I adore her, and yes, this is a gorgeous opening shot. And... Bail Organa is there with Mon Mothma and he looks across the way and he's he sees Ahsoka in the crowd and she realizes that he sees her and she vanishes. And Bail follows Ahsoka and he's just like, why are you here? And she breaks my heart when she says, Padme was my friend. And Bail tries to convince her that there's nothing she could do to save them. Them being Padme and Anakin. And then I cry more. And they hear some clones coming, and they're just like, oh god, run, run, run. And they run over, and he gives her a calm. And he's just like, if you ever need me for help, take this calm. And then the clones show up, and, and Belle is just like, Hello, fellow youths. I am here, Senator Organa. And I just wanted to look at the river. And just so you know, that if you we all have a duty, like you, you clones are doing your duty right now. And we have a duty to uphold when we are ready. And the clones are just like, What the fuck is this guy on? Sir sir, you, you gotta come with us, dude. I, I think I think you wandered away from somebody who's supposed to be watching you. Come on come on, sir. And Bill's like, okay. And he walks off. And he's like, ha! Ah. And Ahsoka's like all right, she just drops off the thing and goes back to Rex, who is waiting for her, and they fly away from the boom. Flash forward to who knows how many godly years has passed, and it's like it's living on this beautiful farming planet, and it's in peace. And there's a shitty brother, and he sucks. And he's just like, Sister, I'm gonna be super great greedy and put up too much hail on uh, hail, too much hay on top of our hay truck. And it most certainly won't fall on you. And the sister's like, what? And who knows what happens? Because lo and behold, the the hail truck... The hail... like he's saying hail. The hay truck breaks and almost crushes the girl. But it doesn't crush the girl because Ahsoka uses the force to save her from being crushed and the farmer girl sees it. So later in the day, all the farmers are sitting around and they're all just discussing the empire. And the, the shitty boy is like... Oh boy, I love the empire. We have no reason to be afraid as long as you're a true citizen. They will never take away the rights of true citizens. And the one old man is just like, oh boy, you're in for a real surprise when you Google fascism. <laughs> and they're all like, nah. And the farmer girl is just like, Google
2: it, buddy. Google it.
1: <laughs> I. J- I was watching a video that's going through all the bullshit that's happening right now with Dungeons and Dragons' new OGL. And somebody in a video was just like, Of course some people are making the argument that these big companies would never take advantage of small creators, first of all. And the guy went, first of all, Google capitalism, you're in for a surprise. (laughs) And I was like, this is a great video. Anyway, (laughs) that's essentially this conversation, but with fascism. Anyway, the farmer girl is just like, hey, Ashla, which is Ahsoka's undercover name, which was, fun fact, her original working name before she was given the name Ahsoka. They're like, come sit with us. And like the farmer girl is like, hey, it would be great if we had this person looking after us, Ashla, right? And Ahsoka's like, I literally don't know what you're talking about. And the brother looks on suspiciously. That night, the farmer girl is like, by the way... I know that you're a Jedi. And Ahsoka's like, ah, 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 "Ah, I'm not a Jedi. Why would you think that? Why would you think that? I'll see you in the morning. Okay, bye. And she runs off. But the brother hears all this, and because he's a piece of shit, he's going to go be an asshole about it. So Ahsoka and the farmer girl leave the town to go do farm things, and when they come back the next day, lo and ho, surprise, the town's on fire, because there is... A really awesome Inquisitor. I don't... I, you know, I, I love my Inquisitors, and this is just another one. I, I know I have a lot of, like, quibbles with this one. But my god, I love this Inquisitor. He looks great. He looks bitchin'. He's so scary. I love his voice. Clancy Brown is awesome. And he looks great. I need more of him. <laughs> and the Inquisitor's just like, "...hey, shitty asshole boy, where's the Jedi?" And he's all like, "...he'll be back soon!" Where's my reward? And the Inquisitor's like, Oh, you want a reward? I'll kill you. That's your reward. (laughs) And the shitty boy's like, Who would have ever thought this would happen in a fascist government? Ah." But Ahsoka arrives, and it's a very short but awesome fight. And um, she fights the Inquisitor, kills him, takes his lightsaber, and it's the end, and he deflates like a sad balloon. But I love it. So the next day... She calls Bell Organa to get the last three people, being the shitty boy, the sister, and the old man to safety. And Bell Organa's like, so you want to join the rebellion? And Ahsoka's like, cool. The end. I will make a point to talk about all the things I love. You start. Okay. A lot of
2: Obi-Wan tie-ins with this one. Um, The comlink, giving, giving her the comlink...
1: Oh, the show Obi Wan. Okay, yeah. sorry, I, I'm yeah, slightly the, yeah, confused. The, there for the
2: series Obi Wan. Yeah, sorry,
1: I was yeah. like Obi Wan wasn't and, in this at all.
2: <laughs> no, when when and when she's like when the girl's like you're a Jedi. Her her response is almost exactly like Obi Wan's when the the one Jedi comes in. And it's like you're Obi Wan Kenobi, the Jedi right? He's like, yeah, you shouldn't talk about that there kid. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's 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 there. They, there's a nice little parallel with those scenes um just on surface there's a the the shot where ahsoka is down at the bottom of the the cliff you know walking towards her ship the river it's they're really showing off some nice
1: it looks great new
2: new i i love everything cgi there
1: love everything on naboo it's so yeah, it pretty beautiful the, the water
2: the water is looking great in uh, the water at night was looking great and in, in this um okay so the the i'm gonna i'm gonna tie this to another another sort lucas film um um in the in the same family property I, I, yeah property uh not really a proper on lucasfilm property but in in the same sandbox was uh the dark crystal because this i think this uh especially when he dies and just sort of shrivels and it it, it reminds me of the Skexies, the evil guys in the dark crystal that they're they're more like old and decrepit but he his design is very much like a Skexies. And uh, you know, Dark Crystal was the movie famously where Yoda was that Yoda was in, in drag with huge boobs.
1: I thought that was Jim Hanson.
2: Nope, that's Frank Oz. Huh. Yep. It's it's actually Yoda. It's our Yoda. They they just he he was doing drag even then. He doesn't like to talk about that movie, but he did it he did he did a decent job they 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 accused the character of being just sort of the female Yoda, but he got to be more of the Yoda we know, you know a little bit little bit creepy and dirty and got to got to shake his shake his boobies around a little bit. I highly recommend that movie. you should see it
1: I want to, and I also want to see the show like it's been on my 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 list for
2: forever you know like you could tell that like back when they were you know when they're in costume and they're putting the makeup on yoda and they put the boobs on him he's like well, i don't want boobs and then like <laughs> they left the room and he was like oh, oh. boobs <laughs> started moving him around and going like oh
1: boobs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> our power and started walking around.
1: Yep. Honk honk.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the you door
1: opened and he'd be, like, he'd be like he would
0: be like I
1: was doing that, I I honked my own boobies for that. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel myself blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> What were you saying? What's your next note to get off this awkward topic? Um,
2: that's a, that, well, I, I had, um, the, that, uh, that Inquisitor was kind of an airhead. (laughs) (laughs) That's about the only other line, like, yeah, I... I hate and love snitch stories. This was just the the most simple of snitch stories. He's just like, ha ha, I like the Empire. Huh, I'm impulsive, <laughs> you know. In the first like thirty seconds, they like established it. It was so quickly done, uh, but like I think this is the weakest one. Like like I said, it just it just feels like part of an episode. You know, it was just sort of like here's a little bit of storyline. You know, it didn't feel uh, it didn't have that same sort of self-contained with a point that we haven't seen over and over again especially recently you know yeah through rebels and and in obi-wan of you know the methods of the i i I think this one was a i think this episode was more like kind of a tee up obi-wan episode
1: i yeah i kind of feel like it's almost Outside of Bale giving Ahsoka the calm, it almost feels like two different episodes, like the, all the yeah. stuff on Naboo versus all the stuff. And I yep. almost wish we stuck with the Nobu storyline to see what Rex and Ahsoka did in, like, the first days. Like, we know at some point because of Bad Batch, within the first few days of the Empire falling, Rex went through Cut Laquane. Because he had only beat the Batch there by a day. And had left the previous day. And th- the, the Batch go to Cut like a few days after the Empire Falls. So like there's a little wiggle room there. And I would almost like want to see that like where did they go? Who did they talk to? We now know from Bad Batch that Rex knows who Trace and Rafa are. Did they go to Trace and Rafa? Did they call them and right. meet them? Like That to me feels like a very interesting story of like what was Zero Hour? How did they get out of Zero Hour? What did they do? Like, that is really interesting to me. And, yeah. But, I, I want to talk about all the stuff I I love about this episode. Because I have been spending the majority of this shitting on it. Um, though I am going to start off. There is one problem I have with Padme's funeral. Before I get into all the reasons I love it. Where's Jar Jar?
2: I was expecting to see him in there. And I like... It's always neat to see, like... Stuff that was that we've seen in one of the movies done in you know Filoni style, and yeah, and I was expect I was just sort of like, okay, we'll see Jar Jar like get uh, nope nope.
1: Like, and I think that's the thing. Like, we know he was at the funeral, so like I kind of misremembered it, and I was watching this going like, yay Jar Jar, and then he's yep. not in it. I was yep, like, oh Jar too. Jar. <laughs> yeah. So that that's my one grip. But that, I, I love all the stuff on Naboo. I. I love they made a point that Ahsoka went to Padme's funeral for so many reasons. Because Padme and Ahsoka's friendship was just one of the purest relationships of Clone Wars. They loved each other. Like, Padme went out of her way to make sure that Ahsoka was aware of, like, the gray side of politics. That it wasn't black and white that she was being taught. They... Like, Ahsoka is aware that Padme and Anakin were together. Like So, like, by going to Padme's funeral, she's also getting a chance to mourn Anakin, who she thinks is probably dead. And so it's just... It's not that she's just mourning Anakin. It also gives her a chance to mourn Padme, who was very much her friend as well, because she doesn't get a chance to mourn all her other Jedi friends. This is, like, a funeral for everybody (laughs) that Ahsoka has lost. And... I, I, I even love, like, Bill awkwardly talking to Ahsoka while the clones are around. It's, it's fucking hilarious because I love how the clones are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, they
2: actually look at each other and go, huh, well, whatever, yeah. man.
1: Yeah. Politicians, like they look-
2: they're doofuses. You yeah,
1: know? right? And so, I like, it's so well done. But I also think that's really interesting because, like, what, two to three days prior to this, those clones are Ahsoka's friends. And now they're to be feared, which is an interesting dichotomy. Um, And And they're
2: still kind of lovable doofs. But if they saw Ahsoka, they would be like deadly killers.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so it it was just everything with an Abusa. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I love the emotional weight of it. I love that they gave time to like more in Padme. There's so much about that I loved. Um, I also really love the Inquisitor design. Because yeah. I love that the design looks like a plague doctor. Yeah. Because to the inquisitors, the Jedi are a plague that have to be eradicated. And I think that so I think that's a really cool choice to give him this like very plague doctor look. Um, and I also always love Clancy Brown in Star Wars. He's done so many voices. He was. Uh, in Rebels he's been in Clone Wars like he's been around forever like he he, he's in the Mandalorian and live action like he can do no wrong in Star Wars I'm always happy when Clancy Brown is here um and I also like the fight of the Inquisitor and Ahsoka I like that it's so fast because it's kind of reminiscent of the Maul Obi-Wan fight in Rebels
0: because
1: it does because for one well actually the main reason is we always say that the Inquisitors are kind of chumps they they're not fully trained. They're purposely weak. She's and Ahsoka, trained by
2: Anakin Skywalker. <laughs>
1: Anakin fucking Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, why would he be a threat to her? And she just owns him in a second. <laughs> and it's really good. And it's really well done because he has his own hebris going on, and she's just like, "No, fuck you, bam."
2: Yeah, so like she just she she just it just takes her a few seconds to be like. Is this guy danger? No, he's not. Just come here. And grabs his chest and is just like, "I'm gonna just finish you off now." Yeah. Thank you.
1: Grabs his lightsaber, uses the force to turn it off, and like kicks him and slices him down. And it's it's great. Like I really love everything about the the Inquisitor and and the fight with Zoka. Um, of course this is an anthology. They're not gonna get super deep in it, but uh, I do like they kind of touch on themes that have been explored in Bad Batch and Andor and Resistance of like. They're here for peace and order, are they though? <laughs> like, it, they don't dig it deep, dig really deep into it. But like, you know, these are things that we've we've done this other way. Um, but when it comes down to it, like, I so fundamentally disagree with this short and the creation of it and all that and what it does to the Ahsoka novel. Um, and I was thinking about what should be done. I know this will never happen, but. At this point, because the, it was too late to go back and change anything, it's not like they're going to spend money to, like, completely redo this episode. I was joking with my friend Chase from Pink Milk, and they were saying, we, they, like, they joked, you know, they could go back and redo the episode. And we both fucking laughed at that idea because we know it's never going to happen. And so at this point, I kind of just wish they would release a statement. Like, Dave Filoni like, put out a statement, like, hey, we hear you. Like, we are aware that this happened, and we we will make a point to not do it again. Like, like the statement, a statement would do so much, to say at least they're aware of it, they know that they've angered fans, that this, because podcasts chose not to, other podcasts chose not to cover this episode, they talked about all the other five, but except for this one, it was talked about, it was trended, they're, they're aware of the response to this episode, Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka's voice actor, put out a statement of just like we love. She specifically named Caden in her statement of like I love Caden Larte. I can't wait to see her in more things, and uh, and she was the one that said that. Actually, I mean, I'm gonna make sure I phrase this correctly. Ashley Eckstein says that she didn't think that Dave checked the story group. So think is the keyword there. But like it'd be nice if we got like something from Dave or. Like the producers, actually, he was the producer. Like, just to be like, Uh, hey,
2: we hear you. I could see them being just like, no, we'll have Ashley say something. And then, and and what she says teases the possibility that you're going to see it, you know, that, you know, I look forward to seeing her, see her again. So they're like, okay, it's sort of a way of saying, like, we're going to, don't worry, we're going to do something with the character, you know. But, but it like, could mean anything, you know? Yeah,
1: Because also, like, what we have gotten was Dave doubling, sort of doubling down to that Nerdist interview where he was just like, no, it's always the same story. No, it's fine. And it, like, that just comes across as saying, just like, I don't give a fuck, and I'll do it again. But, so I just, like, wish there, a statement would go a long way to be at least, like, we hear you fans. We know we fucked up. And I don't think we're ever going to get one. But I'm still holding out the hopes that one day we'll get a statement.
2: That's why you're called hope.
1: Yep, yep. So, yeah, uh, that's all I have for this. Do you have anything else for Tales of the Jedi? I do not. All right, Chris. Score it up for me.
2: Uh, I gave the first two nines and the last one an eight. So we're looking at like around an eight point. Little, like eight point six or seven, something like that.
1: Nice. I actually, I actually ran my math earlier today. Um, I rated the Sith Lord nine point five. Mm. I rated the Practice Makes Perfect a seven because it's fine. It, it's good for what it is, but it's fine. Um, and Resolve, I rated a four.
0: <laughs> wow. So
1: that comes out to an average score of six point three 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 repeating this week.
2: That's like the lowest score in years and years and years and years.
1: And that's what, like, the four is all the stuff that I really liked. And I almost, (laughs) I originally had it out of five because I do like stuff, but I just so fundamentally disagree with this episode. And to be perfectly honest, I will probably never watch that episode again. I'll watch the other ones, but I probably will never watch this episode again, except for maybe the Padme Funeral. And then it stops there. That's when the episode ends. So, yep. So 6.333 repeating. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from our episode of Book of Boba Fett's From a Desert Comes a Stranger. Take it away, Chris.
2: All right. The first one comes from Gene Hendricks, and it says... If you think Luke using droids to build his academy is bad, then I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on the Legends Academy. In the Jedi Academy trilogy, Luke takes over the Masasi Temple, side of the rubber base, on Yavin 4 for his
1: school. It's funny because I don't...
2: A cultural appropriation from Luke there.
1: Did we say that him using droids was bad? I don't remember those. <laughs> That was, like, a whole, like, five weeks ago. I don't know. I, I don't
2: know if we said it was bad, but we were just sort of ragging on him for, like, you know, you just sort of figure Luke would be, like, levitating the rocks in. Maybe having some of the students, you know, levitate the rocks in. Meanwhile, it's just droids building there. I, I get I at, don't the, at least, uh, like, taking over the, the Rebel base, it, it's an old temple, so it has vibes and stuff, you know?
1: And it's a place he's been... Yeah, so it's familiar, but I'm. Yep. I, I honestly, Gene, I don't fucking remember.
2: <laughs> I, I I don't know enough. Uh, I don't know enough. Uh, I, I don't have enough anthropological data on the Masisi. Although I should, I could probably go to Wikipedia and find out. But the Masisi, I'm guessing, are long, long gone.
1: Yeah, I highly doubt the rebels were just like, "Hey, see we're gonna kick you out of your own fucking temple." Bye.
2: Never know the old the old Jedi might have done that, but not not Luke. Not Luke. Yeah. yeah. All right. The next one comes from Diego Lemos.
1: Hi, Every Diego.
2: Ti- Hello. Every time I hear of this show. Is Every time I hear of this show is in a negative connotation, mostly because of its slow plot development and its underdeveloped characters, especially the bikers. But a complaint that I saw during the time the series was airing was that people didn't see where the story was going or what its implications were for the rest of the galaxy. The Book of Boba Fett is not a big stake show, but because Boba is a big legendary character and everybody thought that that means the show is going to be big. They found out it's a very personal story about a character reinventing themselves and taking control of a very small part of the galaxy on the Outer Rim. Plus, the story was butchered to fit these two episodes that could very easily have been a prologue in The Mandalorian Season 3. These are not bad episodes, by the way. I just think they could have been better spent on developing the story of Boba and not the story of Din.
1: Again, that's... That's where I'm torn. I really like the episodes, but I also still have this like feeling yeah. of just like, does Jen and Greg's story need to figure? Yeah,
2: I think it will be forever... It will be forever argued, or, there, or we'll just have... Or, maybe in season three, three quarters of the way through season three of uh, Mando, Boba Fett will show up and take over a couple episodes.
1: Yeah, like I, I could see a situation <laughs> like that. Like, because... They, ha- I have to assume they had to know that this was a little bit of a controversial decision. Yeah, um, I
2: don't know. I think I think putting a couple of Boba Fett episodes would be even more controversial. Like,
1: but on but their I
2: could end s- of like, would people like that? I mean, because you know, I mean, people. I mean, that's that's why we're like, yeah, I, I enjoyed these episodes because it's it was uh, it was really good episodes of of uh, Mandalorian two point five. You know, and we're glad mm-hmm. to see the characters, but the, I bet you they would wonder would people be into seeing two Boba Fett, you know, the Boba Fett characters come back like the bikers.
1: Well, 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 what, <laughs> All what of I a mean, sudden
2: are in, in this, you know.
1: What, what I mean is that, like, y- you had that theory uh, that, because um, I talked the whole time about how Boba and Din are thematically linked, so... Like, I, I could see why Din was there because he's thematically tied to Boba. And then you had the theory of you think that they're setting it up for Boba to get the Darksaber. So I I could see a scenario where these two come together in Mando Season 3 or Mando Season 4 uh-huh. down the line where that happens. And then it makes sense why they brought in the Darksaber and Din's story in Book Boca, Boca. Like, I could see this being like a payoff a season or two down the line yeah. and then it will make sense because they, yeah. they've kind of done that before if they do where, that
2: down the line where you go all of a sudden like oh it wasn't they didn't really have this in it for din and grogu it was because we needed information about the dark saber for season two or three of book of boba fett or whatever you know
1: yeah like put this in the context of like clone wars and the bad batch like you have a character like gun- but- gunky who was in the one kid arc that was a failed pilot for another show. And we never really saw Gungi again, but now he's coming back in Bad Batch. So like that arc now has more significance. Um, I could see something like that where like in a different show being like Mando or like whenever they have their big crossover with Thrawn or whatever, because apparently the Ahsoka show is a, is a Mando crossover show too. Like, they could have something crazy there. Like, what if Sabine gets the Darksaber? I don't right. know. Right, Like, there's so much they could do with it. Um. So, like, I, I have a feeling it was purposeful to put those two episodes there for something else down the line. We just don't know it yet. So, and until until we do know it, yeah, it's going to be a weird little situation because it's just, it's, it's odd. Yeah, it's just how it is. But we yeah. just we'll hit a point where hindsight is 2020 and we're going to be like that was brilliant. <laughs> it's
2: odd and like everybody noted it, you know. Yeah, they- <laughs> and everybody has conflicted feelings on it. I yeah, think, too.
1: I, I saw so many people say the best episode of Book of Boba Fett were not his.
2: I think I I I like roll with it pretty good because I just it's like it's a, it's it's pulp, you know, I I like that pulp story and if that's the way it goes for that and that you know it, that's how it would go in an old Pulp Fiction oh we brought in another popular character and had him guest star for two chapters you know why not
1: yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. as long
2: as it's
0: good
1: but that's all I have do you have anything else Chris
0: I don't got nothing else left
1: alright well where can people find you
0: oh shit sorry everybody
2: Ah, you can find me at 2 com, where I lounge yawning and being fed grapes by my cat Bernice until she punches me in my face because she freaks out. And uh, it's full of podcasts. Just piles and piles of them. They could collapse and kill me one day, but until that day, I'll keep making more podcasts. And they'll all be including all 350... 350- Two back episodes of Jay Guys, and three ep- three hundred fifty three episodes of Jay Guys and Jedi. Yep, and, and uh, you can, you can go there, see all our podcasts. You can go to Two True Freaks podcast page on Facebook, and you can see all our shows as they get released. We we put them up there, and we got the Two True Freaks Cantina group. There, where you can go to talk about stuff, maybe stuff about the show, maybe just stuff you want to talk about. This nerd stuff, we don't care. And uh, if you if you're really feeling adventurous these days, I haven't been there in about a month now. You can go to uh, the Two True Freaks page on Twitter, and that is run by Gene, Gene, the Twitter machine, as you heard before. Gene, <laughs> who uh, wrote into the show this week, and uh, yeah, and, and you you can see all our shows. Get released there too. But that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope?
1: You can find me at J Guys and Jedi on Twitter when it's not breaking. Because <laughs> my God, the first two, like the first weeks of the Indiana Jones commentary, I don't know what Twitter was doing, probably breaking, but I could not upload the photos for the life of me. So go check them out on the website. Cause oh, weird. <laughs> I couldn't well, it's not I've been having issues uploading photos because you know Twitter's a fucking shit show right now and it's not it's it's functioning on a good day and it's not always a good day in the world of Twitter. So uh, so go check out the the photos over on the website because Chris did mwah, wonderful photo editing for the first two. Um, and uh, you can also find me at Hope If you go to my profile on on Twitter, I have a little link tree. and you can see all the stuff I do like writing for Dork side of the Force. Where I write all sorts of stuff like, hey, who is Gungi in the Bad Batch? Why is he important? Or what, what is Echo's importance in the Bad Batch? Or stuff like that. Um, and I also am a staff writer for the Geeky Waffle, where I'm reviewing Bad Batch every week. And that has definitely started by now by the time this comes out, because I've already written one review. And I screamed about my boy Tech and how much I love him. <laughs> and Echo. I screamed about my boy Echo too, so good. Um, And I also have a side project that I would love for you all to check out. It's called For Light and Dice. It is a real play tabletop podcast uh, where we roll dice in a Star Wars world. And starting this weekend, actually, we're going to be starting the second story arc. We're going to be recording for it. And the first episode uh, or the last episode of the first story arc goes out with a bang. And we might have accidentally got a lot of people killed. It's not our faults.
2: So. <laughs> That's what you say every time.
1: It's not.
2: Uh, oh, sure.
1: It's not. It's not. I'm. I'm super All proud. All right, of just... then
2: stop picking on Yoda.
1: Yeah. Battle. Um. Actually, can I? Can I Maybe read? Maybe you... you want to
2: stop asking questions. You know what I'm saying?
1: Can I read you the sweetest comment that our listener Charles wrote? Sure. So This is about for light and dice, and our I listener Charles Well, wrote, 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 wrote about, us. Well,
2: wrote oh, about oh, me, wrote oh, oh, wrote about you. Oh,
1: wrote it. about me. Um, Seven, five, then. <laughs> well, okay, I don't have to read it. <laughs> um, so this is about for light and dice, and uh, Charles is one of my fellow players, he's also a podcaster for Gold Watching Days, um, and he's one of my co players for for light and dice. And this was. Talking about the episode, I think it's called uh, A Whisper Away or something like that. Um, and he said, now that we've had a few days to listen, I want to talk about one little moment in the latest episode of For Light and Dice and why it's so impactful as a player. Mild spoilers ahead. It's a quiet moment where Win, played by me, being Charles, and Gauze played by Hope, discusses whether or not Win has ever seen anyone die. And they say that while they say that while watching someone die doesn't get easier, it gets easier not to blame yourself. And they sit in silence. These two characters, uh, for these two characters, it is the apex of their dynamic over 12 ish episodes. Initially irritable at each other, Wen and Gaz have formed a sort of alliance as the members of the team who have both have some sort of- some experience in morals. Sorry one in, who's another character. Uh, the two have contrasting personalities. Wen is cautious and grumpy, Gaz is more bold and assertive. If Wen agrees with a Gaz idea, it's usually a good one, but they are both still guarded people and neither talks about their past gauze is usually the heart of the team it was she who spoke to lysander to ease his fears and comforted zero when they were went behind someone's back um while win is the more i don't want to say brains but the more grumpy filler For Gaz to need reassurance in that moment of doubt, still confronted with a death that is clearly impacting her, and for her to reach out to win of all people in that moment of silence, is a deeply vulnerable moment for the character, and Hope puts something into Gaz's line delivery when she walks into the cockpit in that moment. That, that isn't something you can just say. She sells it with the temper of her voice of how fragile Gaza's confidence really is in that moment. As win's player, I know their backstory, and I know what, what they've seen. So maybe they don't have the right words, but the fact that the normally dismissive Duros takes a moment to recognize Gaza's just need some words something to cling on is very powerful to me one of the themes of for light and dice that's developing is that the galaxy is rough as a rough place and while you can't choose your traveling companions sometimes you can still be there for them and i think that's a great message i'm done waxing poetic Go listen to for light and dice and shout out to hope for being red as fuck he made me fucking cry on a friday night chris like excellent I I'm holding my cat and I'm just like Charles, what the fuck
2: That's a that's a podcast name right there. Hope cries on a Friday night. <laughs> the Friday night cry cast with Hope.
1: Oh my god. So yeah, like it the pro- the project means so much to us guys. Go listen to For Light and Dice. I, I'm so proud of this. the school.
2: Hope's apparently doing some method acting on it, so uh, go it, check it, that it... out.
1: It was a really emotional moment because I my character's an ex-retail worker. Oh she,
2: okay, Okay, yes, so so definitely, watching, definitely some method acting going M E T H O D acting.
1: So watching like people die is not what she does. And she's having a really hard time and char- like like that that seems not possible without Charles. Like Charles put just as much into it and just as much feeling and motivation and like really sold it too like it's not possible without charles and this
2: is like a this is like an oscar acceptance speech i'm liking <laughs> it
1: yeah so i just i'm really proud of this project and i want you all to go listen to it and if you do listen to it let me know what you think so but anyway we're done with tales of the jedi like we do with star revisions there's no reason to wrap right? a show we've already talked about it for two weeks yeah um uh, <laughs> So we are starting Obi-Wan Kenobi next week. And I'm interested to see how...
2: Interesting to see a second viewing.
1: I'm very excited because I did really like the show when it was running. And then it just like fell out of my brain. And I'm like, why? It has so much stuff in it that I like. Like, why didn't it stick in my brain harder? So I'm excited to get into Kenobi uh, and also watching episode one and episode two separately because they both aired on the same day, and I watched them together. So I'm I'm interested to see how they play like separately. So, separate
2: episodes, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's gonna be fun to watch. So, um, so Which yeah,
2: nobody did when they came out. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> I think this came out during celebration. It did come out during celebration because they they had a special airing of the first two episodes at celebration. So, um. Yeah, I, I was actually in Florida with my mom because this was my niece's graduation from high school party. Um, so I was actually in Florida, so we watched the two episodes together. So that that was a really fun experience because I never get to watch Star Wars with my mom. And so like we got to share the first episode, two episodes together, so that was really nice. Um, So yeah, come back next week. We're going to be starting Obi-Wan Kenobi. And unlike all the other shows, it doesn't have episode titles. So just come back for part one next week.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: They're just part one, part two, three, four, five, and six. So,
2: yeah. well, it be easy to keep track of them.
1: Yep. <laughs> All right, everybody. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.
0: Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E. F R E A K S.
2: You can email 2 True Freaks directly at 2 at gmail.com. 2 True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search 2 True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end